Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Inspired Choices Network. You are listening to Financially Speaking and I am your host, Kathy Cook Noble. And what we do every Monday is we come together and we chat about all things finance. And I uh, know uh, from uh, talking to a lot of people that finance is more more of a scary word than uh, we like it to be because it, the industry makes it a little bit more challenging and a little bit scarier, and a little bit harder. But uh, what we do here on the uh, financially speaking specifically, but the Inspired Choices Network is we look to make life easier, more understandable, less stressful, uh, take out some of the scary complexities of life and work together to have that holistic, healthy uh, perspective and be able to move on and, and be our very best selves. And my part of that, my little piece of Inspired Choices Network is the financially speaking part. And that's where we get to talk about financial matters, whether it's differences on mortgages or how do we put kids through school or what's retirement look like. Uh, we, we look at all the different things. We talk about bank fees. We talk about all the things that are related to money, which can just about be anything really. Um, and we break it down to say that you can understand your stuff. And I absolutely 100% believe that. I've always believed that. I deal with that every day in my practice as a financial advisor and a bookkeeper. And that's really all that matters is your stuff and your neighbor, your cousin, your brother, your uncle, the people that you see on TV, the lifestyles of the rich and famous TV shows and movies and stuff. Uh, that's that's all fun and interesting, but it really doesn't matter to your daily life. What matters is where you're at and what you do. So that's what we do here on Financially Speaking. And that's also what we do here on the Inspired Choices Network. And I encourage everyone to take the time, plug yourself in and, and look up the other hosts because uh, if you're needing help with uh, training your, your, your pets, if you're needing help with uh, questions on child rearing, if you're having relationship problems, you have business questions, you have any kind of uh, questions where you just have that one area of your life where you could use a little support, then reach out to the show's hosts because I know lots of them personally and they're really lovely, wonderful, welcoming people that would be happy to answer your questions. You're welcome to join us in the chat room. And of course, you're always welcome to join us on the podcast uh, this is a little reminder, which is also a very exciting, uh, exciting new reminder because it's fairly new, but we actually have an app now for the Inspired Choices Network. And I would encourage you to download it in Apple or Android. It's absolutely free. So there's no reason you can't download it. It's absolutely free. And you can watch the shows whenever you want. You can listen live. You can join us in the chat room right from the app, or you can just listen to it in the playback after. And I would encourage you to do that, to check it out, because it's got a lot of wealth of information. And it's just uh, it's just a great, easy app to use. So today, what we're going to do is something that I like to do every once in a while, which uh, is a lot of fun for me because, frankly, I learn a lot, too. Uh, we get special guests on who are experts in a field that is 
finance related. Um, it's a different spin on finance, which is we have not had uh, Sybil here before. And our special guest is Sybil Ackerman Munson. And Sybil has over 20 years of experience as a nonprofit professional and foundation advisor. She taps into her vast experience and knowledge from working with donors who he, she has helped give away over $45 million in large and small donations. And she's going to help offer us the step-by-step guide uh, she does online courses, a podcast. She has resources that you can use to jump right to the front of the line and waste no time in making a true and lasting positive contribution to the world on your terms, which is always important. It works into your lifestyle, your plan. And this is what Do Your Good is all about. And we're going to talk to Sybil about that tonight. Uh, it's possible to purposely give and make a positive impact on the world, no matter how busy you are or how much money you have to give. And that is so important. And Sybil's going to show us um, how you can do that. And we're going to talk to her about that tonight. So tonight I am talking with Sybil Ackerman Munson. She's from Ackerman Munson Strategies and Do Your Own Good podcast. She's with, like I mentioned, over 20 years of experience as a nonprofit professional and a foundation advisor. And it doesn't matter how busy you are or how much money you make, you have the ability to give. And Sybil is going to help us with that and show us how we give purpose while making a positive impact on the world. Sybil, I'm so happy to welcome you to Financially Speaking. Thank you for joining us tonight. Kathy, thank you for having me. And I have to say, I've, I really enjoyed your podcasts. I, being somebody who's an entrepreneur and a small business owner, um, and I'm trying to learn, right, about all of my financial pieces, not just about giving with purpose and meaning to important charities, which is what I do for my business, but also just thinking about how do I plan for my future? And I have three stepkids and, and one of my own. And how do we think about college savings and all those pieces. So Kathy, I just appreciate, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on and thanks for teaching people and talking about all these really important questions about finances. Oh, thank you, Sibley. I, I appreciate those nice words. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited to have you and learn because um, what some people may not know is I spent uh, many, many years on uh, various charity boards and specifically Great. the hospital foundation. And I was chair of the foundation for quite a while. And uh, I found that fascinating, the whole nonprofit sector and the giving and what motivates people. And from being on the fundraising side of it, uh, it's a very different strategy on going to see people uh, about money specifically. And then in my practice, talking to people about that as part of their future planning. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear about a lot of the work that you do, because I know that's what you focus on entirely, which is, uh, it's a, it's a big chunk of work to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, thanks for that. And um, I'm happy to talk about any of these, these elements. But I think if it's okay with you, I'd love to go high level for a minute. And just talk about bringing in giving with purpose to charity as part of your financial plan, and what that means and those kind of pieces. Does that sound good, Kathy? Or did you have another place you'd like to go with the conversation first? <laughs> oh, I think that's perfect. Actually, I, I love that. And I and I was thinking we start there and and really how share how you got in if you want and, and yeah. started your business and all that. I think that'd be wonderful. I love hearing those stories. So good. Please, yeah, yeah, please great. Go well, first, yeah. I'll, I'll start just talking to you about who I am. I think maybe your listeners want to know that first. And then let's get into some of these high level key things. How can you give money? purposefully and with meaning 
And what are some key steps you want to take there? So you can have it as part of your financial plan instead of at the end of your, after you do all the other priorities, <laughs> I'm sure that everybody who's listening to this really does want to make a difference in the world and have a legacy there. So first, how did I get into involved with philanthropy and giving? I worked as a nonprofit professional and for many years and I raised money. And then one day, one of the folks that was a donor of my work, he pulled me aside and he said, I no longer want to be a, a manage my trust, my foundation day to day. I want to be a trustee still. But he asked if I'd run his foundation. And I said, you're kidding me. I'd love to giving away money. That would be so much fun. Of course, I didn't ask the right questions. I probably should have before I went in and started doing it full time, but I was really lucky. I came into a foundation as a full-time executive director with a family that I just adored and is terrific. And I still work with them today, actually. And um, now over the past decade, what happened was more and more families found out that this is what I do, that I help connect charities to donors, and I work specifically with donors to think about what is their passion and purpose in life in terms of wanting to give back, and how can they do that with their donations, and how can they do that with meaning, and, and it's not doesn't just feel like, oh, I'm doing my yearly obligation, but rather have it as part of them and have it so that they give back to the, to the world every year with purpose and meaning. And so that's sort of where I came from and who I am. And fast forward to today, I work for many, many family foundations. Um, I talk to nonprofits every single day. I get pitched by nonprofits every single day. And I'm a connector between the nonprofit and, oh, a donor. I say, oh, I know that you'll be interested in this, this and this uh, person. Um, let's connect you up together. And for many years, I did this with one-on-one -on -one clients, and I still do, I have one -on wonderful one-on-one -on -one clients, um, but I started amassing so much knowledge. And I said, it's just not fair for me and others who are sort of these intermediaries working behind the scenes to keep all this stuff locked up. There's some really important information I think donors need to know that I'm seeing. I see themes, I see strategies, I see things that are working. And I also see places where you as a donor are leaving money on the table or wasting money and you don't even know it because you're not doing it. You're not giving money away in a way that's actually effective. Um, so that's that's why I've, I'm sort of on my soapbox now and I've created I'm creating right now online courses uh, and special mini courses. And I also have a weekly podcast really to talk about the art of giving and the art of giving well. And the, and the ability to make a difference. So I have some some great um, little nuggets I'd love to talk to you about and, and, and talk with your listeners about just sort of food for thought right now. But um, Kathy, let me know where you want me to go with the conversation, because just so happy to be here and talk about this stuff. No, I, I think that you're right on, Sybil. And I, I love hearing about the stories of people giving um, and how you got them, how you connect them. Um, I think we'll talk about if it's all right, we'll talk about the different types of donors that you you come across and, and see in different categories where people might identify themselves. Um, yeah. We'll maybe talk about uh, some pathways that you can offer people on how to take their donations and um, use them on the important causes that they have. I know I know from the things that I've seen and talked to people about that most people have uh, have something that they feel passionate about 
or they feel emotional about whatever the case is and whether it's been a family member that's been affected by something and that's the charity they've drawn to or whether it's um, just the family through generations has always done stuff like that and that's the charity that they've been. I know uh, our family business, when I ran just the family business part of it, um, we used to have a list of charities that we were a little bit more passionate for and we'd get asked all the time and I know businesses out there that are listening they get asked all the time for donations of different kinds either you know money or gifts or whatever the case is um, and how do you decide like how do you decide what charity because there is no shortage of charities and people needing some help and um, a lot of a lot of people that could use some support and and it's hard I know when you're in business to say no to a perfectly good and valid request um, because you and how do you decide as a business you have to be able to say these are the we used to say these are we had our list these are the charities that we have decided as a family we're supporting this year Um, there was always two or three that were on the list that stayed on the list for personal reasons and then everybody else that came in was uh, added to the list as we evaluated it Um, and it, it it takes time a number time, one, so. Kathy, yes. And a number yeah. one thing that I see as a reason people stop giving is just what you were saying, which is they have a list, but then lose touch with it. So it feels so unfocused and you start feeling like you're just becoming a bank teller. Like people are just coming to you for that check and you start losing your soul in, in the giving. And that is what I want to help people avoid. And there's some key things that, that I suggest we do when I work with a donor and also in my courses to help you on your own so that you can start right rather than going down that, that rabbit hole and then losing touch with why you're giving. And I feel like what, what I'd love to do, and you, you brought up business, your business too, and sort of thinking about how do you give to your business. There's some similarities and some differences if you're thinking about giving via your business versus personally that I want to address. But um, let me talk about some elements that I think are really important up front. If you might already have a giving strategy, but if you're just starting from scratch too, this is for you. So the first things that I want to talk about is how do you ground your giving in something that's going to have impact for and meaning for you for 5, 10, 15 years? and not just fly by night. The first thing I do with with anyone who's thinking about this is I say, okay, remove all judgment. Don't say to yourself, well, what are the big heady issues in the world that I should be worrying about? Get that out of your mind. Instead, think about four key things. The first thing, and and, and if if you're listening to this podcast right now, I'd love it if you know, all of your listeners, yeah, they could be multitasking, but just sort of mull on this and then maybe later journal on it a little bit. So here are the four key things. The first thing is jot down what you're doing in your daily life. What do you do every single day? It, it could be something you hate. So what? Just write it down, <laughs> you know, anything you're doing in your daily life. The second thing is jot down what your hobbies are. <clears throat> Excuse me. What are the hobbies? What are the things that you do? Um, for me, it's it's running. I love to run and I love horseback riding, but just write that down, all right? The third thing is, is there a favorite thing you love to do that really gives you rejuvenation? It might be linked to the things you do every day or your hobbies, but it also might be a special place. It might be any any number of things, but think about that and jot that down. 
And then the fourth thing that's really important is think about the things that keep you up at night, the things that stress you out, the things you worry about, and write those down. What I found, and I've done, I do this exercise on myself in, in one of my courses, which is sort of fun. But what you find is that there's some interesting through lines between those four things. And you can start seeing things that you care about or that you're doing or that you worry about and problems you want to solve that are through line. For me, when I do this exercise on myself, I realized that climate change is something I cared about and my kids and the next generation. And so what I ended up doing is giving a personal donation, for example, through this exercise to groups, youth groups working on climate change. But I never would have gotten there if I hadn't done that exercise. Instead, if I had, had sort of first said, oh, well, climate change is a heady issue and I should be working on it, I might have started funding groups that I really didn't feel connected to in my daily life at all. So that's something to me that I feel is really important and it feels really obvious, but so many folks I've worked with have sort of overlooked that and went straight to what they thought were the heady issues. And then in four years, three years, because I work with people a long time, they get disillusioned. They're like, well, what impact am I really having? That kind of thing. But if you link it into stuff you're doing every day, even if it's, if it's connected to that, then you have friends, you have coworkers, you have colleagues you can talk about with this stuff. You feel it really right away. You know ahead of time if there's something that you may not be as connected with, so you can do a course correction and maybe donate to other groups that are linked to it still. But there's a lot of ways to do that. And you can do these four things if you translate it over to a business where you do those same questions, but you look more at the business model. So instead of saying, what do I do every day? You say, well, what's the core business? What are you, what is the business doing day to day? What are their core functions? The next thing is instead of hobbies, if you're thinking about a business, you say, okay, what are my employees and what are my staff and what are my contractors and what's our goal? What are we doing in our, in our special volunteer time? Because a lot of times companies are out there sponsoring tree plantings or other things, or employees are doing self-motivated pieces that are great in the world. And in terms of the activities that make you happy, if you're a business, it's more, what are my clients responding to that's really working well for us? And then in terms of what keeps you up at night, if you're thinking about it in a business, you're thinking about, well, what are our biggest challenges we're trying to overcome? Um, is it about staffing on in particular areas? Is it about any number of things? And you can work through things there. And I, I actually have a few podcast interviews with some business professionals who talk about how they navigated this and how they worked through some of these really interesting pieces. Um, one of the people that one of the gentlemen who has an amazing business said he really focused on immigration reform because he was relying on a lot of folks who are coming in from other countries to help him and how, do, how does he support the immigrant communities? And so he was doing a lot of, his business was doing a lot of giving in that area, but you name it, there's no judgment there again. So that's the first piece of what I, to, what I wanted to talk about. And then the second piece is once you've figured out what it is you wanna fund, there's a whole bunch of key things to then unpack to make sure that your dollar is going as far as it possibly can once you know the area and the issue you want to fund. But let's stop there, Kathy, because if you have any questions about that first, I'd love to talk about it more. 
Actually, that's perfect because we have to take our first break. Oh, great. So we're going <laughs> to so take our first break of the night and then we're going to come back. We have Sybil with us all night. Yay. So please, yeah, absolutely. Join <laughs> us. You know, you can, you're always welcome to ask questions. And, and Sybil, when we come back, the first thing, we're going to carry on with our conversation. But I want to make sure we get our contact information for you. So people listening to this on the replay or watching this on the replay would be able to get a hold of you um, easily if, if they need to get a hold of you for questions and so forth too. So don't go anywhere. We have Sybil Ackerman Munson here with us all night on family on financially speaking, talking about how family and business are going to work in their philanthropy, philanthropy plan with their finances. Uh, you are listening to financially speaking on the inspired choices network, and we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and our special guest tonight is Sybil Ackerman Munson. And we have been talking to Sybil about the way in which people um, really plan on their philanthropy, because uh, a lot of the times, and, and Sybil mentioned it earlier, that a lot of times people, and, and I know from my experience that you get a request and you either write a check or give a gift or do whatever, and you don't really have any connection there. And you frankly don't even remember. And then the next time it comes around, you may or may not do anything. And, and that's, I, I find from being on the charities, you know, boards and stuff, that's part of the, the successful charities is they help you make the connection. And that's where Sybil comes in because she's really the connector between the two bodies where she helps the individual 
make sure that they're aligned with the charity and then they she helps connect them with the charity that makes sense and and obviously the financial part where um, I can't help but focus on where it's you know maximizing the return and uh, maximizing the good for the charity which is always the best part uh, when you can do both of those and just before we went to break Sybil was sharing with us uh, some of the four strategies that you want to think about and, and things to jot down to start to think about how you are in your daily life and and how to connect what really uh, speaks to you so that you can have a meaningful relationship with with your money and with your charity that you're working with and Sybil helps with that so Sybil just before we went to break you were, had just started talking to us about some of these strategies and um, it would be great to to hear some more and and also I know you have some three distinct categories of uh, donors that it would be nice. We'll talk about that maybe uh, as you, as you carry on a little bit, if that's all right. So. Yeah, yeah. Kathy, let's, let's, let's go there. But before we go there, I I was thinking a lot during the break about how I wanted to emphasize for your listeners that giving can, you can give with impact, even if you don't have a lot of time or subject matter expertise in the issue you're giving to. So if you've done the exercise we talk about where you're thinking about those four key things that where you're thinking about your daily life, what you do, your hobbies, your special places or things you care about. And then the things that you stress about, like that you worry about that you'd love to have rectified and you, you sort of figure out how, what your giving strategy is and you jot that down and then you find a few nonprofits you want to fund there because it's part of your budget. You can do that. Um, then, you know, it, then you can be happy with the knowledge that you're doing good in the world and you can go on with your daily life. And this, if you've done this right, your giving is actually becoming part of your daily life because it's something that is integrally in, intertwined in what you're doing day to day and that kind of thing. Um, and but at the same time, it doesn't have to be overwhelming because it can you've made your decision, you've jotted it down. And then what I always recommend is that you write this down and you put it in an envelope and you pack it away in a drawer or something like that. And then about a year later, you open it up and you look at it and you say, well, what did I write down and what did I care about? here and maybe it's a little different this year or maybe we maybe I want to tweak it a little bit this year but it doesn't have to be a huge process for you if you want it to be you can't you can hire someone like me and make it all big and multifaceted but you don't have to is all I wanted to say about that part but um yeah so let's go on to the next the next phase of the conversation which is now you've done that valuable work to figure out what it is you care about and what you want to fund and I'm just that's so great hats off to you right but the next thing is you want to be sure, and I've seen this happen both in the non when I was in the nonprofit world and as it now working with donors, you could waste your money. You could put your money out there and really end up causing more trouble. I see you nodding, Kathy. Maybe when you were on your boards, you could see that a donor, well-meaning donor gives money to the nonprofit you volunteer for, and you're like, oh my gosh, this money's being wasted. <laughs> I, I, you know, Sybil, it's funny. I had that experience once and it was a board I, I couldn't find myself staying on uh, for very long because uh, I just, it didn't align with me and my values. And uh, I felt that I could see some of the waste and I didn't think that was the right way to help people with their money. Yeah. And I make you a bet, maybe in this situation, your donor knew, but most of the time a donor doesn't know. 
Um, and, and so let's talk about how you, as a person who's you're, you are giving money away, you're being wonderful, you're doing all those things. You don't end up doing more harm than good or not actually helping the, the cause that you care about. So the first thing that I want you to do as a person who's now decided where you want to go is I want you to think carefully about how you want to be a donor. There's three kinds of donors that I've seen in the world, and they're all valid and they're all good. But if you aren't clear on the kind of donor you want to be, you will waste money, I can tell you. Okay. So the three types of donors are there's sustainer donors, campaigner donors, and launcher donors. A sustainer donor is somebody who you're in love with a bunch of nonprofits. You love what they do. They fit your interests. You've done those good exercises in the beginning where you know what you want to do and you want to give to that group year after year. No questions really asked other than that. They're just totally in line with what you do. Let's say you love volunteering and doing tree planting and you fund a group that's called Friends of Trees or something like that. And they're doing exactly what you love doing. So that's a sustainer donor. You care about the nonprofit and what it's doing. A campaigner donor is somebody who cares more about an issue than any one nonprofit. So let's say you are really worried about houselessness or food insecurity, you name it. Again, no judgment, just anything that you care about. And that's the thing you wanna move the dial on. You want there to be more people who have homes. Um, you want there to be more people who have access to food. This is means that you are somebody who cares about the issue more than the individual nonprofit. And the reason that's important is that you want to then make sure that the nonprofits who are coming to you and pitching you, that they're pitching you projects to end houselessness or to end food insecurity rather than just generally everything they do. Because a lot of times organizations do a lot of stuff and that is an issue there. So you need to be sure that you're clear with them about that. A launcher donor is similar to a campaigner donor where a launcher donor cares also about an issue more than ending one nonprofit. But you as a launcher donor, you love starting new things. You're sort of the venture capitalist of the donor world. You love finding the gaps. So if you care about houselessness, you're like, well, where are the nonprofits not working in something? And how can we like fill that gap and help start a new nonprofit or um, really make this thing work? And if you love doing that, that's great. There's a very good role for you in that. But you want to be sure then that you talk to the nonprofits that are out there working on the issue you care about and tell them, I want to fill a gap. What's the gap you see out there? And I guarantee, well, I shouldn't guarantee anything. But I am telling you that these experts in the field and the nonprofit world, they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I'm glad you asked that. There's something really missing. We, our organization is just stretched too thin, but we need this gap filled. Can you help us? And so that is great. So that's the first thing. If you don't take the time first to really be honest with yourself and think about what kind of donor you want to be, what will happen is a nonprofit might think you're a sustainer donor. 
and pitch you all their stuff. And you might think you're a sustainer donor and be like, okay, I'm going to give you money for everything you're doing. And then a year later, that's that nonprofit might shift its focus just a little bit, might have a transition in an executive director or a, or a director of the program that you actually were really interested in. And then all of a sudden you're like, why am I not interested in this? And I'm putting money over there, but I'm like not interested at all. And then you pull your money really fast from that and put it into something else quickly and start sort of moving around too fast. And then the nonprofits who've relied on that money end up having to stop programs and things jolt around. And this can be true even if you say, if you're thinking, oh, I don't give that much money away, how much impact can I have? You can actually have quite a bit because especially if you're giving in an area you think you care about a lot, you might be talking to your friends and your colleagues about it. And without even meaning to, you might just say, oh, this issue isn't so great or this nonprofit's not doing such great stuff. And all of a sudden, like your comment is influencing other people. And so that in the end can really have a big impact. And so that's why it's really important, I think, that you present yourself as a donor um, to the nonprofit to really clear about which of those three aspects you want to focus in on. So that's the first element of trying to make sure you don't leave money on the table by that clarity. And then I want to talk about a second element that I think is important. But let's stop there for a minute, Kathy, if you have any questions about that. I wanted to ask you, Sybil, and, and I, I assume that this is part of your, your whole program working with the donors is how do you evaluate the effectiveness of the charity? So the donation comes in from the donor and they've been doing it for a course of time. How do you evaluate or how do they, how, how you help them evaluate whether or not they feel the impact is, is rewarding enough or they're, they're doing, the charity's doing what they think they're going, expecting them to do? Oh my gosh. I love this question so much because it's one of the hardest questions to answer. And it's something <laughs> I've thought a ton about. And it, the, the first thing is it depends on you, right? So, if, and the reason, one of the reasons I focus so much on doing the work up front about thinking yourself as a donor about what you care about is the nonprofit is only as effective as the goals you set out for yourself in your donor strategy. The mistake that is made so often is not only in the beginning does a donor think, oh, I have to work on the heady issue of the day not the one that I personally care about, but just the heady issue. The donor also thinks that there's some magic formula to be evaluating every single year. Okay, well, we shall be looking at finances and we shall be doing this and that. And then they start getting frustrated there. And as a person who's worked with donors to try and think through how do you measure impact, what I've realized over the years is that if that work up front isn't done well enough, then measuring impact is near to impossible for you. You won't be able to tell. Okay, so that's the first thing, word of caution. But let's let's throw that aside and talk about strategies to actually measure impact because there are ways to do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first thing is if um, if you're not, if you don't have a big you know a fancy foundation or anything and you're but you're trying to give money away and that's probably most people in the world you want to be effective. I believe that what you do is as long as you, you're connected to the giving that you have, it's very, very important. Let me emphasize how important it is that you write down 
why you're giving the money away in the beginning. So when you sit down, a lot of people do it once a year around December, at the end of the year, and you sit down and you do your, do your donations. A lot of times you're really busy. You're like, oh, I have a little extra money. Let me do this. And then you don't really do the writing, but sit down and write a little bit for yourself. Write down, here's, here are the donations I'm giving and just do a couple of sentences. Um, and talk to yourself about in, in the sentences, here's why I'm giving, here's what I expect the outcome will be at the end of this year with my giving. And then over the next two to three years, here's what I think my impact could be with my giving. And then you fold that up and you put it in an envelope and you open it up again in December or whenever you do your yearly giving. And you ask yourself then, did this work? Did it work out the way I thought it was going to? And if it doesn't, that doesn't mean that it's not effective. Maybe there's some new interesting thing that happened that no one had anticipated and the groups moved quickly to, to address an opportunity or something like that. But it allows you to really think through whether you think your donations did well last time and what you wanna do in the future. And again, jot it down and then put it in an envelope and open it up the year after. So that's the more simplified version. Now, I work for donors who have larger foundations and who are have whole matrices and are really thinking through, okay, here's our three to five to six year plan. And here's the kind of issue, if they're campaigner donors, here's the needle that we wanna move on an issue. If it's climate change, we wanna reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And here are the nonprofits that we believe, here's the most biggest emitters of greenhouse gas emissions, uh, transportation sector. And so we're gonna fund 15 groups that are specifically working to um, support the, the automobile industry to move from a gas powered automobile industry to a renewable energy um, electric industry. And I'm using these as hypotheticals completely, but I'm using them hopefully to explain like that's that also can happen. So then what you do is in year one, year two, year three, you say, okay, how far along have my grants and have the grantees been at succeeding at this particular outcome? And are they winning? Are they losing? Are they able to make a difference? If they're not, what are the things they're missing? And how can we maybe support them in, in doing that? Or is it a lost cause? Are we not gonna be able to do that anymore? Should we shift? So it goes from the simplest, which is jotting down your notes and making sure you check in with yourself every year to really creating sort of a whole matrix and plan over the long haul. So that's the effectiveness piece. Do you find too, um that people that are working with you that are, because I'm going to assume that you take them through this path. This, they, they take this journey. This is a part of the program with working with you and uh, to give them more meaningful and more impact. Mm -hmm. Do you find that um, what happens this December, for example, next December when they open that envelope, it's, it's more in alignment than what they thought it would be? Or are they more surprised if they're out of alignment? I they're love, thinking about you it? have great questions. I think that if you're a sustainer donor and you love the nonprofits themselves, the changes aren't that significant each year. You, unless the nonprofit has gone under or complete new leadership and their strategic plan has changed, it's going to be pretty consistent. It's still good for you to keep checking though. Check in with yourself to make sure that those are the, that that's the nonprofit you still love and all that kind of thing. If you're a campaigner or a launcher donor, you are going to see a lot of shifts. And it's really important to um, keep up to date on that kind of work, because 
if you're trying to move the needle on any of these issues, any of the hard issues, houselessness, climate change, I mean, you name it, things change all the time and it's really hard work and nonprofits have to like pivot and shoot and do different things and new nonprofits that are working on the issue, new innovators are coming into the field. And so that's why it's still really important. It's even more important to keep these notes. Okay, what were you assuming in this first year when you gave the grant? And then looking at, okay, are my assumptions being met? Is this working? Are there some new groups out there? That kind of thing. So it allows you to stay connected to where things are and to think about your goals. And as a campaigner and launcher funder, things are much more dynamic. Um, and that's the other thing I wanna make sure people know is that as long as you're rock solid in your own personal mm -hmm. belief and interests, um, it's, it's okay to not have everything signed, sealed and delivered as an outcome, as long as the nonprofits are communicating with you about what the next steps are. And at that, I'm going to take our next break. So don't go anywhere. We have Sybil with us all night. You are listening to, well, all night on Financially Speaking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And our very special guest tonight is Sybil Ackerman Munson. And she is uh, from Doing Your Own Good, the, the Ackerman Munson Strategies uh, podcast as well. Uh, we've been talking about um, how donors really align themselves with the charity that they're looking at. And Sybil is the key player and the connector between how to get people on board with uh, the right charity. And, but more importantly, to figure out what is important to them, because uh, as we've talked about, that does have a, a huge impact. And, and I can tell you on the financial planning side, uh, if you aren't resonating with uh, what you're doing, it's harder to be committed to it. And I know even on in investing, there are certain things that people do not want to invest in. And there are certain things that people are very passionate about investing in. And that's where we have to make sure that it's a good investment and it's also good for their soul. And that's uh, very important because, you know, money is just a part of your a part of who you are, a part of your life. I know we all need it for certain things. Uh, there's always a debate about how much you need and when and where and how, but uh, 
uh, for the most part, it's, it is, everyone has a certain amount of money that they need for certain things that they want to do. And there are people that I have dealt with that are very, very passionate about solving a particular issue uh, who are very passionate about supporting certain charities um, and donating. And they're the ones that those charities know to call right away, because if something comes up, they're the ones that are going to be right on board with it. And I, I love that there's someone like that out there like Sybil that can help them really put it all in perspective. So Sybil, just before we went to break, um, we were talking about the different strategies that uh, um, people will go through to evaluate and whether or not they, they feel like the connection has been made with success, I guess, if we can call it that. <laughs> um, and you were, you were gonna share with us some more of it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn yeah, that over yeah. to you for sure. Thank you, thank you so much. And just as a little side note, so, so that people can find me, it's, it's uh, my name, the name of my company is Do Your Good. And the only reason that matters is um, the do your good pieces. That's where, how you can find my podcast. If you type them in, okay. type it in there. That's awesome. Um, do your yes. good. Yeah. That's yeah. Do idea. your good. Woo <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So let's, let's talk though. The, I'm really always interested in making sure that if you want to donate your money, you're not giving, you're not wasting money. Right. And the other element I want to talk about is, so we talked about evaluation, which is great to make sure that you're evaluating year after year so that you're not um, putting money in places that you're not passionate about or that you're not making mistakes there. But there's another thing that's really important to make sure you're not leaving money on the table or wasting money. And that is to recognize, and some of what I'm going to say is obvious, but to recognize that if you're in a position where you're giving money away, no matter how much that is, you are in the power position when it comes to giving to a nonprofit. And the challenge with that is that, you know how your best friends sometimes will tell you when you're off base or your kids <laughs> or anyone, they'll be like, I have it happen to me. You know, my kids like, ah, Sybil, my mom, what are you doing? You know, or my husband or anybody, you know, that has good friends with me, they will sit me down when I'm off base. The challenge is when you're in that power position as being a donor, what can happen is that too many people tell you you're great. Too many people don't question your, your ideas. Too many people just try to get the money. And so they're not telling you if there's a challenge in a coalition or in the work they're trying to do. They, it's, it's really can be a problem because what happens then is that you can't make good decisions because you're not hearing about the real deal. And so one of the things, and I have a special little mini course that I'm creating just on this because I literally have seen this happen with my clients. So the nice thing is sometimes I'm more in the background and I, and I did work in the nonprofit world. So a lot of these folks are my colleagues. Um, I, I definitely can fall into this too. But when I've sat in a room and I've seen some of my clients in the same meeting room and I know really what's going on and I hear what the nonprofits are telling to them, I say, oh no, this particular donor is in what I call a funder bubble. The nonprofits are not telling this donor what's really going on. And so the donor is thinking that their money is going to really good things when the reality mm. is there's a serious disagreement over policy or over an issue. And we're donating to one of the groups that's actually causing the problem. 
Instead, maybe we should add some money to help with facilitation or other things to help the groups come together and come to an agreement over issues. But this donor won't ever know. And so essentially they're throwing good money out of after bad money and it's just not working. Um, and in, when I'm there, I can actually rectify that problem. But this happens when people like me aren't in the room. And that's why it's so important as a donor to take active steps to try to keep yourself out of that funder bubble as much as possible, as well as recognize that it's going to be there. And so in my observation, I found that there's sort of four, again, four, I'm like, love the number four, four key things you can do to try and keep yourself out of that funder bubble. And I'd love to talk about that with you right now, Kathy, unless you had questions for me. on. No, that's, I was hoping you would. No, that's perfect. Please. Yeah, go yeah. Ahead. yeah. Um, and, and I love the things I talk about again, they can feel really obvious, but when you put them all together, it's not as obvious when you're just in your daily life. So the four right. things that you really need to do to make sure that you're not throwing bad money away here, but really making a difference in the world is first, put yourself in situations where people don't think of you as a funder, but they're like volunteer positions where um, the nonprofits or other folks in the community will be feeling like they need to push back on you. Let me use a personal example. I was on the Oregon Board of Forestry as a volunteer for eight years. I can tell you, and the Board of Forestry regulates private forest practices in Oregon. That is a very intense place. I can tell you, nonprofits, timber industry, Agency folks, they did not think of me as a funder there. I was in the trenches and it was really good for me because I was pushed on and people weren't agreeing with me. And it made me remember that not everything is wonderful and, and happy. People disagree. And that was really helpful. The next thing is listen. Number two, listen. So when you go in a room as a funder, the biggest mistake I see donors do is they go in and they say things first. So they say, I read a book about this issue. I'm really worried about it. Um, what are you going to do about it? Here are the key things I see as need to happen, right? Um, and that sets the tone too quickly. And so then the nonprofits will try to just talk about that issue rather than what they really think is, is important. So on the one hand, I think you need to be clear with the nonprofits about whether you're a sustainer, campaigner, or launcher donor. But that's different from coming in and saying, I have it all figured out. You tell me how to make it work. Because you, I guarantee you, you don't. The nonprofits know more about the issue than you do, even if you've worked in that field for years. Because if you're coming in as a donor, you have that power position where you just aren't hearing all, all the stuff. So they know. So listen, that's number two. And number three is... Acknowledge your own imperfections. It's totally great to do that because um, what can happen sometimes as a donor and is that it's you end up, if, if you're somebody that's even, no matter how much money you're giving away, um, you can end up being sort of more of an editor than a creator. And that's great, that's fine. But to remember, if you're an editor, it's always easy to find mistakes when you're editing. It's harder to create the mistakes. <laughs> it's harder to be in the weeds. And so uh, it's, it's really, really good, though, if you, if you do see a mistake or something you feel is a mistake or a problem with a campaign, if you're a campaigner donor, that instead of coming right in and saying that, you can say, hey, I've done this and this and this in my own life. 
And I see that maybe this might be happening with you all. Can you tell me about what's going on there? And that really does allow the nonprofit to open up in a way that they probably never would have if you say, I see you spelled this thing wrong, or I notice in your budget note that you say X, Y, Z. Can you explain that, please? That doesn't work as well as, yeah. as, a, as sort of the more the coming in as acknowledging your imperfections. And then the last piece, the fourth piece, is build trust by holding confidences. So it's as a funder, you do end up hearing a lot of things. You're sort of 10,000 feet high up in the air on, on things, and you'll hear a lot of things. And what can happen, the mistake you can make is that you think you know a lot, and then you start talking to other people. And as a funder, sometimes you're in, in groups of folks that may not already be as um, connected up with the nonprofits, or they might be decision makers or other people who are involved in it. If you're doing your job right and you've picked the right issue, you are going to be sort of with your friends that are working on this stuff. But you need to be really careful about um, if there's some really sensitive issues that nonprofits are dealing with, then inadvertently sort of telling other folks about it in a way that could cause more strife within the coalition or the work or the people you're trying to fund. Uh, because that could end up causing people to go backwards. And also it'll end up having them not tell you stuff in the future about the issues. So those are the four things. First, put yourself in situations where people don't think of you as a funder. Second is listen first. Third is acknowledge your imperfections. And fourth is to build trust by holding confidences. And um, again, there's not, it's not perfect, but I really feel like that can help a lot in supporting nonprofits to tell you what the real scoop is, so then you can fund in the, in the right way. Exactly. Um, no, that, that's excellent advice. And um, we just have two minutes left, believe it or oh, not. Oh, no, that was so much fun. <laughs> I know. It, it, you know what? It goes so fast, especially. And, and I was so paying attention to you that I was late on the break. So, you know, Yay. don't tell Kim. She's our producer. She's so great. <laughs> She was That's giving awesome. me, I, it, I was getting the uh, version of the kick under the table, you know, digitally. Oh, funny. So. Yeah, that's great. It's great. I was well, paying so, attention. So Kathy, great. I want to make sure folks know that, um, you know, I'm on Instagram and on Facebook with that, the at yeah. sign. I, I, I always, I'm so old. I say at sign, at sign, do your good all one word. And then I'm on LinkedIn just with my name, Sybil Ackerman Munson. And then my podcast is, is anywhere. And then my website is www.doyourgood.com. And um, I, I'm soon going to be launching these special mini courses for donors and also for nonprofits. I've created a course to help them hone their pitch. So. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Wonderful. That's, that's so great. And I appreciate so much you taking the time and, and coming Thank you. on financially speaking and, and uh, we'll certainly be looking for the courses and maybe after you've got everything all done and launched and we'll do a follow-up with you like you do with Yay. your clients. <laughs> I would love that. Be so we'll great. open up your envelope and see how you did. <laughs> I know. Totally. Totally. I got to live it here. <laughs> So we'll, 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 we'll try and get Sybil back after that, uh, open that. up the envelope and see how she does. So thank you so much for joining us. I truly appreciate it. Um, remind everyone, check out Sybil Ackerman Munson, doyourgood.com and do just Google do your good and you will find her. Um, and if you have any questions, please reach out and, and uh, talk to her or connect with her so she can help you and join us every Monday on financially speaking. We'll see you back then. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 
2 p.m. Mountain and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.